because I don't think you were planning on doing two this year. So not even close. I, I mean, when I started the year, I told myself, you know, this may not go well. <laughs> and yeah. if you get like 300,000 in sales, like be happy with it. Um, every day there's something and every day there's something new. So it's not easy. And I think every riffing owner will tell you it's not easy. Um, and would I do it again? I don't know. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Butter Leads Podcast, and I'm on with Anthony Fuchel of Montana Roofing Solutions. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you, man? Doing good. Yeah, I was just, we were just getting the I was getting the information at for the first time, and I kind of wanted the audience to experience with me, with me. It's been a weird year. It's your first year in business, right? When did you uh, do your first roof uh, under this name? Uh, first roof under this name was in April. April, April so of this year. We moved April this year. Yep. Um, so Ooh. we moved from Wisconsin to Montana in December. December first was our first um, first day in Montana. So uh, it, there was a lot of changes, and uh, I started planning starting the business probably three months before we moved. Mm. So the, the big headline here is Anthony will be doing over 2 million this year in his first year in business, which is kind of crazy. And I'm assuming there's a lot of chaos in that experience because if you're, if you, cause I don't think you were planning on doing two this year. So not even close. I, I mean, when I started the year, I told myself, you know, this may not go well. <laughs> and yeah. if you get like 300,000 in sales, like be happy with it. Yeah. Uh, I took out my general liability policy for 750,000 and I thought that'd be a, a stretch. You know, if we yeah. get that, I was going to do a fist pump and uh, that would have been amazing. Um, yeah. Right after we broke a million, about two weeks after we had a hailstorm. So that's really where this volume comes from. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think this would be repeatable at our size again. Yeah. Um, without that hailstorm. And I think the nice thing about Montana and the area yeah. we live, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think when you and I talked like last December or something, I was like, because you're like, I'm going to go over 1 million. I was like, okay, I'm just making sure that that's going to be the case because otherwise the financials of working with Hook wouldn't make sense. So I'm just like trying to make sure that you're the, you're going to do the things to do that because I'm like, that would be, that would make more sense to, purchase our services and I remember yeah so but you did hit that even before the hailstorm right you hit over 1 million yep we hit over 1 million before the hailstorm yeah. and it was at a pretty steady pace you know we were getting probably cool. two to three leads a day and uh, it was very manageable there wasn't like this I didn't feel like I was drowning and uh, we were going at a good clip um, and then the hailstorm hit and bring on the water so yeah uh, I just gotta say, I know it's not all fun and games, because because we experienced this already, didn't we, Anthony? Back at First American, <laughs> so we we the reason Anthony reached out to us, great company, and in Anthony was there when there's a lot there's a lot of hail in that area, and essentially had to kind of drink from a fire hose as far as learning roofing sales probably at the time and a lot of things like that. Now all that couldn't prepare you for this moment owning a business and having this so uh, the confessional time what has all this is this is just roofer audience so talk to me what is what is broken what is hurting 
or tell us about it and what'd you do it again? Yeah, it was super unexpected. Uh, you know, roofing sales, it's not an easy gig, um, but you have a lot of support around you, especially where I worked at First American before. Uh, my first year there, I sold two million, but um, it was a hailstorm, right? So nothing too crazy there, but um, you had all that support and then going into, there, there's been sleepless nights, uh, crying nights, um, days that I didn't think I'd make it through. None of that you had in roofing sales. You know, essentially in sales, you're a little bit more eight to five. You do grind harder if you want to get to like the two million mark, but there you don't bring as much stress home. Um, every day there's something and every day there's something new. So it's not mm -hmm. easy. And I think every roofing owner will tell you it's not easy. Um, and would I do it again? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think I would, but uh, I just wish someone would have told me what I know now. And I don't think you can plan for this stuff, though. It's like any business. You just run into things, you know, and you got to be I think part of something that makes a good roofing salesman is really good at problem solving. Um, whether you're confrontation with homeowner or whatever it is, you need to be able to solve problems and owning a business is no different. Uh, I'm sure, you know, Tim, every day, you know, there's something different. Yeah. And if you're good at problem solving, that'll help in the long run. Yeah, basically, I just don't think anyone should tell us if, you know what I mean? Like, we would probably, like, if people would tell me in detail everything that was going to happen in my business, I don't think it would have done it, dude. So I'm kind of glad no one did because I am, I am happy that I got into business. You know what I mean? Like, now. It's yeah. just I wouldn't have done it if somebody would have laid everything out for me. Like, this is going to house go. Like, I traded an employee for, like, a year my first year put everything into them and then just a year later gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of stuff is, and I mean, you're going to experience some of those things too. And I know that this just, I'm still super happy for you though, because like, it's nice to have revenue. Yeah. It's, it's really nice to have revenue. I tell people it's a good problem to have, but sometimes it's yeah. still a problem, but yeah. um, <laughs> my roofers really deserve most of the credit. You know, I've got 13 yeah. guys roofing and, they're phenomenal. My um, foreman, Daniel, um, it was a God godsend that he found me. He reached out to me after I went through probably four crews and none of them mm. worked out. There was one that was okay, um, but uh, they were working for other contractors in the area and I essentially wasn't adding anything to the market. I was just taking, you know, just keeping them busy. Um, mm -hmm. So when Daniel reached out, I had brought people from Idaho. Um, I brought all over and then nothing worked um, it just wasn't a good fit so he reached out and all the credit to them montana roofing solutions would literally be nothing without him so it's super yeah. important to find a crew that you get along with um, it's very helpful if they're bilingual um, and that's like one of the number one things i thought i had a really good plan for that going into it plan exploded mm -hmm. um, then I had backup plan, didn't work. Plan C was like a stretch and that didn't work. And then many roofers would tell me they'd show up, they'd give me a date when they'd show up, I'd tell the homeowner and they wouldn't show up. So um, that was our first major struggle was, uh, you know, I almost, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm gonna have to throw the towel in. Like, you know, mm. I could go roof myself, but I, you know, 30 squares would probably take me two weeks. <laughs> 
So, oh, come on. You uh, can yeah, put on a roof. Yeah, that was the first major struggle. And... What's that? You could put on a roof, brother. Yeah, it would take me. I mean, in the beginning, I roofed with them for the first couple months. Um, and then I would do all the repairs myself. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, just to bring in revenue. You know, anything I yeah. could do. Um, it was a time of a ton of hustle. Yeah, like, sun up, sun down. We were working. I was working 16-hour days, six days a week people think you get into business and you get freedom you get the opposite Um, yeah but you got to grind to grow it and we're still in that grind phase for sure we're not i'm not doing um saturdays too much anymore um but Mm. still the 16 hour days are real i love that contrast between being a salesperson and owning a company because i know that like a lot of companies like are created through a resentment you know what I mean? Like, and, and I know you're, I don't think yours was, but I'm saying like, there's like roofing companies duplicate, you know what I mean? Like they duplicate because like, you'll have a sales guy. I know you will. You're going to have a sales guy one day in a few years and he's going to be like, Oh, Anthony is doing something wrong. And then he's going to go off and then you can't really prepare him for this. Can you, <laughs> you know, there's moments. No, you really you can't. Know. And uh, props to the company I used to work for. I would have never left if, we went to left for Montana. Uh, my yeah. wife is from here and she was ready to go. And it was almost like a snap of the fingers. Let's go do it. Um, but I think as a business owner, looking back now, that would have been really hard if I was in that owner's shoes because he did put a lot of time into me and, um, yeah, I can see yeah. how hard that would be. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how much of this do you blame on hook agency? A lot of it. Um, you know, I know in the beginning we weren't really here. Well, I think it's really smart to make long-term uh, decisions, even when you're small. Um, mm-hmm. In the very beginning, I'd have people come up to me and think that we were here for years or um, think that we were a really big company because of the image we were putting out. And I learned that from First American. You know, the, they did a really good job also work with you guys. Um, they did a really good job with their marketing um, and their outside image was phenomenal. Um, so I took that from them and knew I wanted to have a really nice website and it's paid off. Gosh, I mean, if you think about it, say your website's 20,000, you're doing two roofs and it's paid for, um, mm-hmm. depending on your roof. But um, yeah, it, if I would have went cheap with the website, I think I would have already been redoing it. And then guys google ads we started that and that was uh, a couple months before the hailstorm and that was bringing in a lot of revenue and then once the hailstorm hit we we still have the google ads running um but now we're really just signing up people for next year we're just making a list and letting people know we'll meet with them then well i'm glad that we can take some of the blame and i know that it's it's it hurts too so it's not all just like yeah basically this is what i always say like it's marketing is nothing in a way like the more like the more you get it down it's nothing it's the person that manages the work and gets the work done that's the value creation marketing is just it's intent it accelerates it a little bit you know like i always we've got a dude uh here in minnesota that went from one to or like i think he was sub one million when when we started when i did my first website with him and then now he's just hit he's gonna go over 10 this year 
And oh my gosh, I which is exciting. Well, it's like five, six years, right? Um, you'll do it too, Anthony. You know, no thing for you, I'm sure. But in that situation, like. I don't take, I, like, I love being part of it, but I don't really take, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that we're an accelerant. You know what I mean? I like to be an accelerant. I believe that we really do help, but it's the person, it's the company, because, like, I, it's not every company that we help. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's the, but it is, it's so much to do with the, the customer service focus. It's so much to do with the, like, what did you say? You got to grind to grow it. That mindset is the, the fucking thing. That's the real thing. Yeah. Like marketing, you can only just accelerate that thing. And it has to be, there has to be a, somebody there. And I know that it hurts, but like there has to be somebody like you there to actually grow it. And, Cause you can throw gas on something. And if it's not like pedaling, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know what the mixed analogy is here, but the point is, is there's gotta be like somebody really working it. Otherwise, you can waste a lot of money on marketing and like that person yeah. has. So there's the value is in the doing. And I really believe that. I don't, I don't think that marketing. There's also a lot of value. We, the first thing I did when I started thinking about starting a business was ask Dallas if it was okay if I would talk to you guys and two, give yeah. Tim Brown a call. That was literally yeah. the first things that we did. Um, sorry about that. And you guys were more than just our website designer. You guys, guided us and you have so much experience in this industry um there was i remember there was one time i was sitting on my parents couch and you just called us and said you like gave me some advice just i think it was through instagram chat or something um but it, you guys were more it felt like it was an extension of montana roofing solutions instead of us just hiring a company get this done for me mm. uh, and i think that's really important whether you're hiring an accountant a lawyer um you do do both those but um it has to feel like they are an extension. Like they're almost, um, they're almost in house, you know, you're just yeah. subbing it out. Uh, and that's how yeah. I felt with all the direction and, um, having people around me that are smarter than me. Um, cause I'm not the smartest guy. You ask any of my friends. Um, I was not smart in high school book wise. Um, it's just finding people around you that are smarter than you. Yeah. Um, thank goodness I had, a good company that I worked for that taught me a lot and uh, found good people too. We're so adamant about using Hail Trace. It puts us right in the areas that we need to be. Now, let's be honest, the phone's not ringing off the hook. You know, nobody's calling for, for a roof inspection. Putting your guys out in the field in the areas that they need to be in. Now, that's really the biggest reason that we're using Hail Trace and how it's really saving us money in the end is we're not wasting time, you know, chasing dead leads. I love that, man. So let's talk a little bit about that difference between sales being sales and, and owner. Um, what did you think when you were a salesperson working for an owner that you know is not true now from experience? What, what did you think about owning a company? Did you take it for granted a little bit? Anything you learned from that switch over? Oh, yeah. I learned a lot. And most of it was... The, the, there was a few interactions that I had with uh, First American where I just didn't understand where they were coming from. And now mm -hmm. I'm like, that is exactly where they're coming from. Um, yeah. But what was like, can you give a, Can uh, you give an example? I, I will in a second. But um, okay. there, 
you'd never see, I think this is true for a lot of people who are envious of people who have money. You never see what they did to get there. You see where they're at. And you don't know, you know, I'm sure Dallas, Amy, um, they were grinding hard. You know, they told me once that like they're out there doing like roofing repairs once and you just kind of glance over it and they used to deliver materials. I'm right there. I, we were doing the roofing repairs. I deliver materials all the time. I mean, we're out and about doing everything, but you see the success and you don't see the work that it took to get there. So you see their job and you say, okay, I could probably do that. Here's what I would improve upon. Um, but you don't see what it took to get there. And I think that's what a lot of sales guys miss is all of the parts from A to Z and you're looking at Z mm -hmm. and how hard it is to get from A to Z. Yeah. But examples of things that there'd be discrepancies. Like one time I remember Dallas getting on me for um, editing his contract. Like this is crazy now. Like if someone did this, I'd be so upset. But I just wanted to get a <laughs> sale. So. Um, yeah. I noticed you know, our contract was like 12 pages long and I would print like the first two pages, which are where you sign and like the, the main stuff, <laughs> but people would look through this 12 page contract and they'd be like, what the, I mean, did I got to yeah. read all this. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should. But, uh, so anyways, I just, for half, not half a year, but for a while, I just printed the first two pages and when Dallas caught wind of it, he's like, dude, I had people specifically put this together. Like, why do you think you can just oh, take yeah. two pages? And I was like, well, because it was easier and I would get the sale. So um, it wasn't until I joined, started this position, right? <laughs> if he yeah. watches this, he's like, yep, I remember that. No, but, I mean, uh, like, it wasn't. Like, I just want to say, like, in our contracts, every single, like, line was a lesson in that contract and like yeah. yes we had a lawyer help put it together and yes there was some like good backbone originally but like literally half of those caveats in there were like added because we have because of pain <laughs> because of pain and like we have to have them in place because that's the rules of the game and if you don't have the rules of the game you know no so i totally see that how that but i get it when you're a salesperson you're like ah man this just feels like fluff or something yeah yeah and wisconsin contracts they do add like there's a lot of little fluff in there i kept the main pages with the bulk of it and then there's like just yeah. stuff that legally needs to be in there but i didn't yeah. quite understand that yeah. um i was so focused on getting the sale but that was one thing that really struck me and then just all the pressure that he's under, um, or you're under as a business owner. I remember we'd had a conversation once and um, he, he didn't want to tell me all the, you know, pressures. He's like, you know, that's for me to, that's for me to shoulder, not for you to shoulder. And I couldn't understand why I'm like, just share it. But now I understand, you know, you don't really want your sales guys shouldering all that pressure. Um, mm -hmm. They wouldn't perform as well. So I understand him 10 times better than I did before. Um, Man, I understand my dad who owns a business a lot more, um, and I'm just getting started. You know, there's so many yeah. things now. Every day I'm in this business, I realize how much I don't know, um, and how when I look back at myself today and maybe watch this, I'm naive. But uh, I think that's just yeah. part of life, and we go through it. And we that's like we that's a part of this stuff. Yeah. We documented along the way so that in the three years or five years, you can look back and say, dang, I've come a long way. Look at that. Two million. Yeah. I thought that was a big deal. You know, like I hope I hope you do feel that way in a few years. You know, I think it'll be cool. Um, you know, you've been talking a little bit about needing admin support or, um, you know, 
it's office work and stuff like that that you got going on. So you're kind of making that decision now. You're weighing that decision now. Are you thinking hiring internal sometime soon, or what are you what are you planning on doing for that? Are you are, are you uh, are you looking for someone now? What's going on? Yeah. Um, so from starting the business, that was the first big risk, and I had no idea really what I was doing. Um, so I didn't plan for hiring anybody besides a roofing crew, and I figured I wouldn't need to. Um, so now we probably need to fill four positions. Um, we're renting an office space, um, or we're working on it. It's getting built out. Um, and so we're renting probably more space than we need, uh, but the price is right and the space is right. So um, I've had conversations with two guys as far as sales go, and we'll hire them both. Well, maybe one of them for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and we just need one more. So our plan for this winter is for me to work on the business instead of in the business so much. And part of that is putting together a training program and making sure I have the energy to focus on them and transition from working really hard on the or in the business because that's what I'm doing now. I mean, I haven't put a ton of effort into working on the business at all just because I'm literally can't answer my phone fast enough and get back with customers. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure that we are servicing those customers. So problem one was starting the business, did not have the foresight to realize that we need people. We needed people a while ago, um, but I didn't want to uh, go in halfway and not have the chance to train them. And uh, I didn't want to just send people out there. Um, so I held off on doing that. And um, like I said, we'll hire those four positions. We're gonna hire two sales guys, one office um, um, coordinator and a like superintendent slash project manager. And then we'll probably hire a full-time project manager as well for our fifth. Um, and my plan is to have the sales guys doing full-time selling. So I, as of right now, I'm not gonna have them do estimates. Um, the project manager slash me to start. Basically, they'll give me all the information, I'll put it together for them, and we'll schedule a time for them to go back out. Slash I'll okay. review it with them. Um, but I want my guys out there selling. Uh, a lot of times, yeah. it's a unicorn to find someone who's really good at sales and really good with details. And um, sales guys like to be in front of homeowners. I love to be in front of homeowners. I love mm -hmm. building rapport with them. But a lot of times, that rapport guy isn't the same guy that's going to catch all the details and that's going to do a really good job, even <laughs> supplementing with insurance. Um, you can find them, um, but I think maybe Monarch Roofing does some of this model. I read their book. Yeah, um, and it yeah sounds the inside like outside sales. What's that? The inside outside sales piece too. They've got the people at the office kind of supporting the salespeople. Yeah, I'm going to use that book. Uh, I think I've got it uh, down there somewhere. The Roofing Machine. If you haven't read it, folks, it's a it's a pretty solid book. Martin Pettigrew. There's one section in the book that talks specifically about um, your where you're at in revenue and what positions you should fill. Yeah. So um, I love it. I'm going to kind of try to use that as my guide and um, yeah. So you can be a little case study for them. Reva Impact, folks, if you haven't, if you're not part of that group or you haven't been to one of their events, maybe check them out. Uh, shout out to Martin Pettigrew and Mark Godere over there. Um, it's awesome, folks, trying to level up the industry. So, okay, so let's. We talked about um, being a salesperson versus being an owner. The different things we talked about: two million and 
how it's a little bit Hook's fault. Uh, we talked about. So I'm just trying to figure out anything else that's interesting to you right now. What are you What are you enjoying about running this business? What's good? Oh, I I love every day of it. I really love. If I could be out there and roof with the guys and just hang out with them, that would be like, oh man, I'd love it. Just being around the job site. So I probably spend more time than I should being out there, but um, customers love to see you out there. Um, it, it, mm-hmm. it makes getting reviews easier uh, and just making sure everything goes really smooth. So I love the actual roofing side of the business and um, picking up a hammer and doing work with them. And I think when you're first starting to, um, I think an owner should know how to roof and at least do it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And your guys will respect you 10 times more if they know that you know how to roof and you do it with mm-hmm. them. Um, Cause then you're not just some guy they know that you actually can put in the work. Um, so I did yeah. that with the guys. Um, it wasn't a super long period of time, but um, I also wasn't as busy as I am now. So uh, now I feel like, you know, I see them for maybe an hour a day and that's, that's mm. pretty much it. Is it just one crew right now or are there multiple crews? I've got two. So um, my main foreman runs both. Um, I've got a standing seam crew and mm. a asphalt crew. Sometimes mm. we'll join on like big roughs, which we've been doing a lot of big roughs. Yeah. Um, so like if it's over 50 square, um, we'll probably join up and, um, you know, put all everybody on one job. Uh, and that's been working really, really well. And then if we do have something that um, maybe a homeowner doesn't like or something that we've got to go back and do, I'll just break off two guys and have mm. them go do that. Cool. But um, I'll, uh, I'll ask thing, the audience. Real quick, I'm going to ask the audience, what was your favorite part about the first year or two in business? Drop it in the comments below on on YouTube if you're watching this. There. Go for it. Yeah, I was going to say one thing that I learned um, pretty early on was if there's something you can delegate, like the best example I can think of is um, my foreman wanted to run the dump trailers but the price per square was a lot more than I was comfortable with. I thought, you know, this is going to price us out of the market. It was like a big step where I was like, you know, I'll just run the trailers. Um, I couldn't imagine running the trailers now. You know, I had talked to, I had thought about it for a couple of weeks and we decided to have him do all the dump trailer stuff and I'd pay him for it, um, like on a per square basis. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the smartest things we did because he makes more money. Um, and I have more time to do other things. So little things like that make, make mm-hmm. a difference. And I yeah. see now how hard to give up control of things. Cause you think like, no, no, uh, my biggest thought was in my father and I was like, dude, you're dumb. Why would you, why would you want to do that? But I'm like, well, the homeowner sees me in the beginning of the day. They see me like, I, I like having my logo truck there with my logo trailers, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and he's like, I don't think any homeowners care that you're dropping off yeah. the trailer, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was my biggest worry. The money was one, but it was like, yeah. So um, got over that, and it hasn't made a little bit of a difference. That's always funny. Like, just that's such a big. That's a real skill, though. Like letting go of control when you're leading something. Like, and that that's still like with our team and our leaders at our company is like a big deal. Like, and and now trying to teach them how to do it. It's so uncomfortable, though. No matter what, though, letting go of those things originally, it just it hurts, 
But yeah, I say like ele- you got to elevate to the level of your pay grade kind of thing. And like if that's yeah. I mean for somebody like you who who was a highly detailed like motivated not you're not lazy. You're not doing that out of laziness. You're doing that out of literally there is something that I need to do now. There's an opportunity cost to doing that activity instead of doing this activity which is like closing a deal or like following up on some customer service thing that's more important at the moment or whatever it happens to be, whatever it happens to be. So there's an opportunity cost and and that becomes very obvious as time goes on. So it kind of just forces you out. Of, it forces like necessity will force you out of it. But I, I think it, no matter what, you'll have to teach that to your people too. You know, like as you start to get salespeople and project managers and stuff like that, it, it's, I still don't know how to teach it, but I, I have learned how to do it, which is ultimately you have to let stuff break a little bit. That's the hard part. You have to, you have to be okay with some, an egg or two out of the carton, not making it. That's the, that's yeah, the hardest that's, part. That's been really hard for me. Cause when I was with, uh, you know, when you're just doing sales, I was able to stay on top of it really well. Like I wouldn't let something transfer over to the next week. I'd make sure I got everything done in week tight compartments. Um, and that's been hard because there has been things that have fallen through the cracks. Um, uh, there's things I've had to let go of. Um, I've had to be okay with drowning more than ever. Um, that was really hard. And, um, I've had to be okay with saying no. Um, you know, I really thought in the start, like I wanted to be a roofer for everybody. Um, and we found our, I would say our target clientele with, um, like higher end homes. Um, How dare you? How dare you, sir? How dare you want to make money with your company? Well, it was a sad, it was really a sad day for me because no, I get it. I get it. It's a lot more efficient for us to go to one house and be there for three days than it is to go to one house every, every day. Are you sick of what passes for leads these days? Not much, unless you want to be the lowest bidder on every job. I'll wear a lot of hats, but search engine marketing and website, I've passed off to a Google specialized team. Um, so that was kind of tough. That was a weird realization and um, we still will work on anybody's house, um, but our target or our ideal clientele would probably be like a higher end home because it's a little bit more efficient. And I think as you know, um, efficiency is where you make money, which also leads me into looking at your background company cam, any roofer that's not using company cam, something like Aculinks, um, hover, um, any technology you can leverage to give yourself more time, do it. Um, don't, Mm. The price is minimal compared to how much time you're going to lose if you don't use it. There's roofers all over here that are still paper estimates, no company cam. Like company cam is nineteen dollars a month per user. For us. It's it might very be good for somebody else. Or I don't know, but yeah, crazy. It, and it's I if I had to get rid of everything else, I'd probably keep company cam and Acculinks would be really hard to function without. But QuickBooks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what people do without QuickBooks or software like yeah. that. So software up. I, uh, I, I only didn't get a CRM 
because I think I could have reached out to Sierra. I just I know everyone has opinions. So like Job Nimbus versus Aculinks versus whoever. So that's why I was just like I'm keeping it agnostic. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Aculinks is wicked expensive and they charge you for everything, but um, at the end of the day, is really good. It, yeah, it's, no, that's I the mean, thing that's say, yeah. Yeah, it's super expensive, but I don't think like I think I was a, one of your podcasts or somebody's podcast that I was listening to. Whoever was on, he's like, man, throw your wallet over the fence because. Um, I don't know if I forget who it was, but I heard that and I'm like, was it, uh, yeah. was it the dude from Colorado? Um, Tracy Bookman, he, we did an Acculinks versus job Nimbus video. No, it wasn't that one. It, it might've been like roof tiger or I forget who oh, okay. it was, but he was talking about scaling the business and how you really do have to throw your wallet over the fence. And, um, what does that mean? I, I totally that may not have been mine. What's that? Not yours. I don't think so, because well, I, I like that, but I want to know what it means. Throw your wallet over the fence? Yeah. Like, just don't be afraid to spend money. Um, mm. Like, don't be afraid of the website, for instance. You know, the amount we paid, mm. some people would say we're crazy. I would say you're crazy not to. You know, mm -hmm. the amount you paid for links, some people say we're crazy. I'd say you're crazy not to. There was a lady I could have hired uh, right after I heard throw your wallet over the fence, a lady I could have hired that would have really grown our business. Um, I kicked myself like every week for not doing it. And the amount of money was more than I wanted to spend. Um, and I didn't do it, but yeah, it would have been a, an amazing decision to do it, but I was so worried about money. I let that stop me. Um, there's so many times where I, back, just like so many times, I mean, this first six years in business or whatever that it feels like, I have to, it sucks. Cause I'm like, I want to be profitable, but like, I, I'm always doing that thing where I have to like take the next step. Like we just hired somebody today that like is a dev, a nice web dev. dev. It's our fourth web dev. You know, we got four full-time web developers and this one is a, you know, OG he's in El Paso, Texas, fully remote, all that. And I like, it hurts a little bit because I'm going to be less profitable, but like, I'm like the guy I'm thinking about that 42 number, you know what I mean? I'm at 21, I'm thinking about 42. So it's just like, I like, I'd rather make sure the service is really good right now. That's what I, so I feel like I'm always throwing the wallet over the fence, but I mean, once we, you know, I, I think that this is a thing we all do, though. It's like once we scale, then we'll figure out the profit thing. We we get fine profit. We're paid well by the company. It's just that profit percentage doesn't always look that crazy. It's just, but I'm just like literally. I'm. I just want it to be good. You know what I mean? I want it to be good. And I'm like very. I'm probably like you. I'm very uncomfortable when like there's customer service discrepancies, and I'm like, I'm gonna just I'm gonna pay to fix this shit. Because if there is something it's so uncomfortable, uncomfortable to me. I just don't, I like, I literally like have a hard time resting unless it's fixed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next challenge of hiring people. Um, it's something I've never done. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be more challenging than, um, hiring and managing people I think is going to be more challenging than even starting the business. So, oh yeah, um, no, no. I think the, the one two person business thing, like two or three person business, that's a that's Anthony. That's easy. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry to let you yeah, know. Well, I'm sorry, bro. Like it's, it's, it's you know, it's, I'm, I'm so scared. Like, yeah, you know, we've got 13 guys roofing, but no one in the office. You know what I'm like? Yeah. No, sorry. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say. So yeah, I'm. Yeah. No. No. no that's a lot. That's. Heard a, that. I, no, I think you're right though because I've yeah. heard that. I've heard that from you. I've heard that from Dimitri. I've heard that from everybody. You know, when you're the size that we are, it's easy. It's hard for me right now. Um, but. Like I, I am looking forward to the challenge yeah. so that I know, so I know where you're coming from. I know where these other people are coming from. And before my naivety would say, you know, it's, it's not gonna, you know, we'll we'll do fine. But um, I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the challenge. I think it'll help grow the business, which is what I care about the most, um, and serving customers. You know. Our, I couldn't do this again just myself. You know, our customers would be letting people down. We already do let people down, um, specifically people we're not working for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, but um, definitely looking forward to. Well, how do you say no to? That's a good. That's a good topic. What do? You, how do you? How do you let people down if you guys aren't the right fit? How does that? How does that work? Because I know how I do it. Because I have to do that occasionally. Um, just like if somebody's like way off on pricing or they can't get there in their mindset, I'm just like, well, here's three referrals. That's how I do it. How do you handle when it's mm, there's not probably fit? about a month that um, we were going out. Um, I, I I actually had um, someone helping me. Um, he was going out and doing inspections, and um, he was my brother-in-law. But um, so, anyways, he was doing inspections and. We were so busy um, that he would get back with, to me with all the information and I would not get back to people fast at all. Or I'm sure there's a few that mm. we never got back to. Um, and that hurts and I'm not even sure mm-hmm. how we could find them at this point. I'm sure I could go through AccuLinks, but um, I think there's a lot of people that we did end up letting down. Um, and that was just, mm. um, I don't know, I just me being dumb, I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't realize. Anthony, no. dude, no, you give yourself a break. Bro. What's that? You're good, bro. Like it's it's all good. You're just it's first year in business. You got you're juggling a lot of stuff, man. This like ultimately long term, you'll get that worked out, and it does matter, right? Yeah. Like if you wouldn't want that to be consistently like that for a long period of time, but you you have this pain, you fix it, and then next year you you don't do that because you have somebody there. And your rep, you just then it helps your reputation, you know, next year and going forward. I think that you're good, bro. Like they, they, they found another. Yeah, roofer, I, I know okay? they're, they're okay. Fine. The one last thing I would say as a piece of advice to yeah. a sales guy is, you do see more dollar signs when you're the owner. Um, there, you know, especially when you're small yeah. and you do two million dollars. There's a lot more of a dollar sign, but don't, <laughs> don't touch the money. Um, I, I pay myself, I'm gonna yeah. be fully transparent, I pay myself $4,000 bi-weekly, and that is um, okay. really low. I mean, at First American, I was making twice as much as a sales guy. Um, yeah. So don't, I mean, I thought, I was like, you know, I really want a snowmobile. I could go spend 20,000 on a snowmobile and not blink, and don't do it, <laughs> just don't do it. You can't grow your business. The only, the only thing I would the only thing I, the only thing I would suggest as a caveat to that is maybe send your wife on a cool trip or something because what my thought is 
that you want to whet her appetite for this business. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and probably she's already excited about it, but I'm saying like, you want her to feel that. And it does, it's a little harder to do that later when you have a bunch of people and they're judging a little bit of like, what's the lifestyle of this, this, these owners, you know what I mean? So like maybe send her on a trip. That's my only, that's my one piece of advice back. Maybe. MacArthur is sending us on a trip to Mexico. So, uh, that'll, all right. That's a free trip. So what's, what's MacArthur? That? They're our shingle supplier. Oh, yeah. nice. Very so, cool. You love to hear it. Well, that was smart of them. Yeah, they've, they've treated us really well here. I love it. Talk to me. Um, if somebody wanted to go check out your company or connect with you online, what would they do? The best way would probably be to email me, and we'll set up a time to just have a phone conversation. So uh, my email, you can go onto the website and the info at MT Roofing Solutions goes directly into my email. So uh, that would be the best way. Shoot me awesome. an email. Thank you so much for joining me. I know it's been an uncomfortable time, but I, dude, I believe in you, bro. Thanks, like you're gonna, you're gonna just get through this and it's gonna be a good time and you're gonna be glad that you did it. I, I believe that and that's, that's why I'm so excited for you. And I'm, I'm excited even though this is difficult. I'm excited for you because it's a beautiful thing. And I don't think, I'm glad that you did it, basically is what I'm saying. Um, the podcast is put on by hookagency.com and Hook Agency all over social. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Thanks, guys. All right, bye, Anthony. See you later, man.